So when Jeremy and I started building Brethren, I was like, dude, we can take all the time we want. It's our game plan. Like, this is what we have if we lose our jobs. You know, we have this foundation and we can build it as slow as we want, but it's, it's a safety net too. The Perspective Podcast is fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, we break down the art of healthy hustling, overcoming the inner critic, and growing your creative business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 187 of the Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and my mission is to help you grow a fulfilling, profitable, and sustainable creative side hustle. At the end of each episode, I plug a listener of the week, so stick around to figure out how you can get a permanent shout out on a future episode. Have you downloaded your free Engage Community Guide yet over at EngageCommunityGuide.com? Well, have you? I made this for those who are serious about growing an engaged fan base around you and the work that lights you up. In this free resource, you're going to learn, one, the power of attracting the right people, two, the three buckets of value to connect with your audience on a deeper level, and three, the process for converting followers into fans into future customers. And there's way more tucked away in there as this is a part of a massive resource I'm working on behind the scenes that's coming your way early December. But this is a perfect jump off point to take the next step of your creative pursuits to grow the type of connected audience you've been searching for. Again, download this freebie over at engagecommunityguide.com. This will also be in the show notes and I hope you find this helpful. With so much uncertainty in the world, there's never been a better time to bet on yourself and go all in on your creative side hustle pursuits. Taking your time to slowly build something of your own on the side can have powerful, compounding results. It could radically evolve into something you never imagined that provides you an extra level of security and income when the world just happens to go to shit, like we're experiencing this year. So today's guests are the epitome of what a slow and steady grind look like and the results speak for themselves. I'm talking about my homies, Jeremy and Jordan Kuhn of Brethren Design Co. They're a side hustling brother duo slanging bold type illustrations in branding and they've collabed with the likes of Adobe, Guy Fieri, Slice Beer Co. and Julian Edelman to name a few all within their first two years of business. They're building their empire outside of their day jobs, and they're the perfect fit for the type of guests and the type of stories I want to expose you to. In this episode, Jeremy, Jordan, and I go deep on the foundation, safety net, and protection that side hustling provides, freelancing tips galore in what not to do, the power of under-promise and over-deliver, pushing yourself despite not knowing the outcome, abundance mindset, time management, and so much more. This thing is loaded. Also, stick around to the end because they're going to be hooking you up with a 20% off promo code for all their fonts in their shop. Stay tuned. If you're tired of playing it safe and you want to make shit happen with your creative suits, then you're really going to dig this episode with Brethren. And before we get started, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Retro Supply. They are the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity designed resources to make your work stand out in a fraction of the time. Take advantage of 20% off with my never expiring promo code SCOTTY20, that's SCOTTY with the Y20, through the special links in the show notes or my Instagram bio, thank you Retro Supply. You can find a link to the full episode containing all resources and references in the podcast app you're listening to, and it's because of you sharing the show that this podcast keeps growing. So if you found value in this episode today, please do me a favor by sharing a screenshot or a video of you listening or working to this in the background. 
Make sure to tag me on Instagram as well as Brethren Design Co. so we can connect and I can reshare the love back. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, we got a bunch of bros in the house. I'm talking about that dynamic sibling duo of Jeremy and Jordan Kuhn of Brethren Design Co. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. How you guys doing today? Doing awesome. Great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so for those who don't know, give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourselves. And I guess I should just lead off that we all connected for the first time through crop, right? Like yep. I think we were following each other mutually and then finally like connected crop maybe two years ago. Yeah, it was the last crop, yeah. Yeah, became bros and homies ever since. Sadly, we couldn't make it to crop this year, but Bummer. it is what it is. We kept in touch and now you're here. So again, for those who don't know, give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourselves and I'm gonna let you two figure out the whole dynamic of who's gonna talk. All right, I'll take it away. Both doing design. Uh, we both had our own separate jobs and kind of started with uh, Instagram, Jordan, was doing cool stuff and started Instagram and doing, uh, showing his own like personal projects that he was doing, just getting into design. And, and I got kind of jealous and it kind of sparked uh, a fire in me because I've been doing sorority apparel for, you know, 10 years now. And I haven't done much outside of, outside of that. You know, I haven't really pushed myself as a designer or illustrator at all. And um, so then I started doing that, um, got my own Instagram and started posting work uh, and just stuff that I wanted to do. And then we were both getting hit up with uh, freelance people asking for to buy designs and, and commission work. We always talked about working together, possibly on collabing on a piece together. And then Jordan ended up getting a, a job that he hit me up to help out some illustration. And that ended up being our first collaborative piece. And then we just kind of, after that, we we're like, let's just start like doing this. Like every time, like let's not do projects by ourselves anymore. And then, we are like, let's make an identity and then kind of brethren popped out of that. Yeah. So it really just started from like trying to make art for fun too, like almost kind of design for fun, make things that we liked and then just kind of naturally started to collaborate together. And a brethren was the perfect name because we're brothers. I mean, we talked about names and shit like that, like power couple was the name that we thought of. We were like, I don't know. So, and then, you know, the classic thing, which a lot of people that you talk to say the same thing. And a lot of designers like put out the work that you want to get. And we started kind of just doing just that, you know, and I think our first project that we kind of took on together, we, we knew we wanted to do like food and beer and things that we're into skateboarding, whatever. There was a food truck here in Tulsa called TNT Wangs and they had no identity, no branding or whatever. And she had no budget. So we were like, dude, let's just do this pro bono. Let's blow it out, you know? And that was like one of the first projects that we were posting on Instagram, making a big deal out of. And I mean, she loved it. She, she cried actually when we showed her the deck. Like it was kind of like a move that bus type of thing. Uh, <laughs> so that was like the first project. Cause I remember that. Yeah. So that was like the first one and it was pro bono, but, and, and, and sadly she didn't end up really utilizing anything except for some merch. She just doesn't have much money to like wrap her truck or anything, but you know, that project got us more work. And, and from the outside looking in, I remember that. And you guys went ham hard as hell, like just decking out all different kinds of variations and patterns and just showing your assets and just 
taking one thing, you could have just posted one logo and you created like a whole campaign out of stuff, regardless, regardless if it was going to be used or not. Like you just showed how in depth you could provide from like value standpoint, you know, to a business and brand. So like when it first started off, how, how many years have you been doing brethren then? What? Two and a half years now, I think. Two and a half. Yeah. This shit's still in its infant stage. Infant. Yeah. So 2018 or 20 late 2017. Yeah. It was like, I think March, 2018 or something. I have to look back at that first post. (laughs) And how old are both of you? Jeremy, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. So yeah. So we're same age. And I'm 34. 34. Okay. So big brother set the tone and got little brother just jealous, but in a good friendly competition way, like it got good competitive (laughs) instead of you getting salty, Mm -hmm. you know? So like what, how did it start for you then Jordan of, of just like creating for fun, your personal work, you know, where did that spark come from? It's funny because Jeremy kind of like, I might've inspired him that way, but Jeremy kind of did traditional college route as a designer and um, I didn't get into design till I was, I went to school when I was like 28 or 29 for, and I went to a two year program to learn design. I spent all my twenties playing in bands and shit. And so I would kind of like create, I would do shirts and things every once in a while, like shitty Photoshop, but Jeremy and design and seeing him kind of make a career and monetize that. I, I took a step back from music and I was like, I think design might be right for me. It works for my brother. And I started doing that and I was, I got hired right out of school. I was still in school and I got hired part-time at an agency. And so I was doing the agency thing and, and it was so much fun. I was learning all this shit. But then whenever I found Instagram, I was seeing all these other illustrators and designers kind of like, you know how it is. It's like people are doing things that they want to do, showing work that they want to do. And I'm like, dude, we, we have identities. We know who we are. We know what we like. Let's, let's do that shit, you know? And, so I think after the agency thing, I was like, man, I want to start making work for fun. And it just that's kind of where how it led to this. It's almost like so organic. It's like an accident. Mutually inspiration. Then little little bro set the tone and then you took yes. it to the next level and then he came with it. And now, yeah. okay, okay. So I think you said something important. You guys know what you like. You know what your interests are. So when you're like putting brethren together, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginning stages, and I want to put other people in like your shoes. Maybe they're side hobbies, and they're ready to like turn it up a couple notches and turn it into a side hustle that can eventually a uh, profit and even make it full time. So, mm-hmm. what was kind of the basis for you guys? Like, yo, this is who we are in our brand, and you know, kind of what were those elements? What were you looking? What did you know about yourselves that you knew that's that's how you wanted to like have your brand perception to be around? I mean, I think you know, skateboarding was one thing. That, I mean, I didn't skate much growing up, but Jeremy did. And we always talk about that. Like we collaborated back then, like I would film him and he would skate, like we would build ramps together or things like that. So we kind of had this love of like skateboarding and punk rock and, and just kind of art in general. And we're just sort of like party boys in a way too. So we were like, fuck it. That's exactly who we are. We've had our phone at Croft. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I think that's how we really connected well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we definitely have like, uh, you know, similar aesthetics, you know, know what we like. How would you describe your aesthetics then? Oh, man. Because you probably had to write down like these key words, you know, like how are you going to go to market and stuff? Like, you know, like words like cool. <laughs> like one of the first things when we were making Brethren shit, we were like, so everything we do is going to be in twos. Like we did the skull hand smoking a cigarette, two cigarettes. We're like, that's Brothers, you know, like. So everything was kind of like built on like this duo thing and we're like fuck it like i smoke cigarettes 
I know it sucks and it's terrible, but we're like, fuck it, that's kind of like the punk rockness of it. And and we're like, design that smokes is like a cool tagline. And we're, we're like, that's just who we are. Twice the fire. And, and you guys hired yourself. You went balls deep on a huge brand identity kit system campaign for yourselves too. Yeah. You know, like I remember seeing those early days and just like, oh shit, wow, okay, okay guys. And then that has just evolved into other people seeing that, right? Yeah. And and it was one of those things too. It's like, uh, since we kind of worked on our personal Instagrams and we each had like what, like four or 5,000 followers and we diverted all of that shit to Brethren and promoted Brethren as hard as we could. Brethren just kind of grew quickly. Like, I feel like we all the time that we're like, we're lucky that the audience level like clicked because not that Instagram's everything, likes aren't everything, but it does, it does help. Like that's where we get a lot of our clients. It is a tool. It's a tool for sure. So like what's your guys' strategy, whether it's subconsciously or like consciously. So when you're putting out work, is your focus to number one, use Instagram as a tool to attract future work. And then number two, a potential fan, someone who's going to like buy your fonts and stuff, which we'll get to in a second. You know, is that the, was that your intention? Our, our intention was to get work out of it. It's like, and then, you know, we started noticing that, you know, the, the thing with Instagram, it's like, yeah, it's awesome that younger designers or other designers and peers and people that we look up to are following us. But at the end of the day, it's nice to have that community, but it also, they're not the ones paying the bills, you know, like, so finding those clients are really, it's, it's, that's the main thing, but having the support of the community is super important. And that I think that's why during this quarantine thing, you know, we did a font with Kern Club. Uh, that was the first one that we did. Shout out to Dustin Noden from Lincoln. Just a nice little plug there. Yeah, Dustin and Samborghini are like killing the fonts. And Samborghini, yep. I actually DM'd them and I was like, dude, can we collab on a font or whatever? We had Jeremy had a couple kind of laying around, didn't do anything with. And uh, I'm actually in a Slack group with like Jordan from Lincoln as well. And Jordan was the. I guess one of the dudes that kind of got them on the font game, like with this tool and he, he sent it to me, gave me like a, a link to get it. And glyphs font self font self. Okay. I'm just like, I'm asking all these cause I'm going to put them in the show notes for resources for people. Yeah, It's super easy to use. Yeah. I mean, the hard part is like doing the work, getting the letters and all that shit, but actually making it a font is not too difficult. So while we were kind of like waiting on current club, like, did all the kerning we just sent them the ai file we were testing it out ourselves and trying that and we're like fuck let's start we're in quarantine we're working from home we have some designer friends and fan base let's start making assets and kind of monetize that a little bit you know so that's kind of where the font shit started but and, and making fonts affordable too like that's the thing i love about current club they put out all this free stuff now and that, then they sell them for like 10 bucks super affordable but they're building a community, you know, and like helping designers help each other. You know, I think it's awesome. Damn. So, man, I got so many different questions I want to ask, but talk about pandemic wise. Then I was briefly talking to Jeremy beforehand about like his job situation. But so when the pandemic hit, how did uh, work coming in? Did that slow down for you guys? And then you're like, shit, we got some extra time. Let's, let's pivot and find a new route in terms of like fonts or something like that. So was your business affected your side hustle? Surprisingly, not too much. Like, so since it is our side hustle, we, we have the luxury of like, it's not 
the main moneymaker thing. Like, we, so we can say no to projects, which is awesome to be able to do. Powerful. Yeah, it, it does give you this position of power. I think everyone wants to rush into being full-time freelance and like there's like, there's some glory, there's glory to that and I get it, but there's also this luxury to taking your time and just building it, you know? And so affected wise by the pandemic, not so much, um, but there was a point where we were not getting hit up or as many inquiries. So we kind of took that time to build those fonts. And then it's funny because Slice is like our, one of our retainer clients, like our biggest client to date, you know, that we've been doing work for for over a year now. Slice in the pandemic was upping their to-go sales. We were doing two beer cans a month. Now they've upped it to four because they're doing so well with like, with the bar not being open, the to-go sales are up. So we actually got busier through the pandemic with them. And then taking that time to build those fonts, you know, for us was just kind of like the way to go. So Jeremy, what, can you tell us what your day job it is again? And then, and then Jordan describe your day job. And then I want to go more into how do you guys make time to do this? What's the process like of working together inquiries and stuff? So first I want to hear like, uh, Jeremy, a little bit about your day job, Jordan, a little bit about your day job. And then we'll talk about like the process of, yeah, when an inquiry comes in, pitching, uh, pricing, presenting, who's handling like the account backend stuff, all the gross shit, you know? So I'd love to hear, go as deep as you can about that process. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm creative director at my company. Uh, we do uh, custom screen printing and embroidery and also retail uh, for sororities. I do all the pre-production, uh, which is, you know, setting up the artwork for, for, for screen printing and then printing out the films and doing the separations, you know, all the digital print pre-production. Uh, we do dye sublimation, all that jazz, and then doing all the arts, all the custom arts that come through there. So uh, very heavy, very heavy on the hand. Technically a manager, I'm down to a one-man department because we uh, suffered through the COVID and got rid of like two-thirds of the company. So, but yeah, I've been, I've been working there for almost 10 years now. So it's what brought me to St. Louis and I've been there ever since and just kind of grown with the company. Started out as a head designer and took over. Now you got like the role of like 17 different people in one. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Dude, he cranks out so many pieces of so many pieces of art a day. It's insane. Yeah. But there's there's value in it from a sense like all that experience now now lends itself perfect for over here in case you guys do merch or you have a new client that needs to do merch. You got the whole process set up or your speed and efficiency. You know, like when I did t shirt design stuff freelancing, I was like, Oh my god, this stuff kinda sucks. But now I'm like, oh my God, that was like such gold information and knowledge that I can now take to my own stuff or someone else's stuff. So Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. And like I said earlier, like I've I've been working at agencies since I graduated. And my current agency is called Signal Factory. And they're a great group of people. But you know, they started they're they're like a video first company, like if motion design, uh sh- shoots and editing. And I've been there for almost three years now. And um, whenever I came in, they hired me as an art director and they're doing like more, they'll do, take on small branding jobs. And then we have certain clients that I service. So I, I mean, I do web ads, print ads, all sorts of shit like that. I, now I illustrate for storyboards for animation and stuff, but I don't do any animation, but having that agency side where, you know, I, I've been privy to kind of learn the business as far as like pitching proposals, seeing some of that stuff is super beneficial. And I still love my day job. 
but uh, so that all that stuff has come into play to help brethren as well. Um, so there's a fine line for me though that's like, you know, brethren, brethren time and my day job time. Like that's how it should be. Yeah, and I've come ahead and had to talk. I had to have some hard conversations with my boss about it too. Like, I mean, there's been some times that he's like, dude, this is not cool. Like, like feeling like it's competing or what in terms of attention or like clientele attention, not necessarily clientele because I feel like our clientele is separate and like the work that we get is very different, but, but still when you work for an agency, you know, they're hiring you and they want you to be there and be present. And if they see you on the side, getting like a cool beer client they're like that would be cool if we had a cool beer client you know <laughs> so i i 100 understand all of that but so it's it's been kind of touchy i guess so brethren workflow wise though um i feel like i'm kind of the ae for us as far as like dealing with clients doing the nasty nitty-gritty but we work together on like our proposals and and kind of how we do all those, but we we were really bad at some of that stuff at first. And I think an opportunity came to us with the, we, we got hit up by this agency out of like Buenos Aires and they wanted us to work on a campaign for acts. And we were like, holy shit, this is a big deal. Like we need, our proposal had like, you know, scope of work, also like relevant examples. And it was the first time we really like kicked this deck out. And we ended up not getting that job. We got ghosted, we never heard back. We put the biggest price tag we'd ever had on it. What was the price tag, if you don't mind us asking? <laughs> we put $30,000 on it. Was it scary you put that number? It was. Yeah, Good. it was. <laughs> you gotta shoot your shots, man. Dude, it was like, yeah, you just have no idea. <laughs> but it was like an international campaign and they wanted they called them stickers, like part of the campaign. They wanted like, it was skateboarding and roses and they wanted like 25 custom illustrations, you know? So it was a, a lot of work. And, you know, I'm talking to my buddies that are older than me that have been like mentors for me through agency. Like, what should I charge? And I mean, even one of my buddies, he was like, dude, 60,000. I was like, well, I might cut that in half, you know? And when we put that proposal out, we completely got ghosted. We never heard a a thing after I was like, so we must have way priced ourselves out of this or I don't know. But what we learned from that though, was one fucking go for it Two, We got our deck and our proposal shit. Yeah. You built a template. Built a template is so good. And we still use it to this day and we tweak it, but we can react way quicker to proposals now. And I swear that we get jobs sometimes because we're so uh, on the up and up on that side of it. You know, if someone hits us up and we get on a call and kind of hear their needs, we can kick a proposal within a day or so, you know, and being responsive and responsible quick does a lot. Jeremy, what would you say is like in the beginning, some of your guys' biggest mistakes in learning lessons, you know, in terms of pricing, presenting proposals, whatever? Man, uh, well. Or what not to do. Yeah, what not to do. Um, well, you know, protecting yourself, you know, and, and your work, you know, we're talking about with those proposals, something simple enough, like Jordan's, I read about it in a book, the Hitzbah book about, you know, putting uh, expiration dates on your proposals because you might get hit up later um, down the line and your prices may change. Also, you know, when we started doing graphic kits, 
our second one that we did, that company ended up using one of the type marks as their logo. I mean, it used it on everything, like, you know, website, backpacks, hats, just everything. And we didn't say anything in the graphics kits that, you know, you can't use this as a rebrand. So that was something we learned from, from that project. Um, cause we, we would treat that differently, you know, branding costs more than a graphics kit would, you know? So, um, that was a big learning curve there. And we started doing those graphics kits as like ways to kind of turn our apparel jobs into almost like a branding job, like how we would treat it where we're doing a collection of stuff. So one, it ups, it ups the number of art that they get, but it also ups the price for us. And it makes it more worthwhile to do like a $5,000 graphics kit instead of doing like a $500 one t-shirt design. We're more invested there, they are more invested. And that has been working well, but we did make that mistake. It's like, we're doing custom type marks of their brand, but just how like, uh, like Volcom, take Volcom for a brand, they will have their name, you know, in several different ways and typed out different ways, but they still always keep that Volcom stone. So we've had to be clear when we're working with these apparel companies that, yeah, we will take your name and uh, give it a custom type piece, but none of this can be your brand. You know, you can't rebrand your company with it because we're not talking about rebranding right now. We're talking about merchandise and apparel. So setting clear expectations, covering yourself, contracts, expiration dates, proposals, you know, we're... Where do you think you like messed up in the beginning in terms of like pricing things, whether it's too low or like sending JPEGs in an email instead of jumping on a call to talk through stuff or little things like that? I think we've definitely started out pricing things low. Like give me an example. How, what was low for something? First was free, just so people know. Like sometimes free work can be awesome. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are haters on free work. And, some, and, and you could have made that brand on your own, but at the same time, like Draplin talks about all the time, some of the dopest work and the best work you'll ever do is um, stuff for like people who deserve it or people who need like a, a break or a, a friend, you know, so. Yeah, and I love I love the concept. And I know you and Josh talked about it on here and Josh will do that from Pride. Uh, you, you know, just build a fake brand. Ghost brands, yeah. Ghost brands, I love that idea. But I also love even more with like the Wang saying, if you can find someone that actually needs the help and will implement it, if, if they put it out into the world, it's a very real thing too, you know? One, you're helping someone help you. Like that portfolio shit like that, you know, you can't you can't buy anything better than that, you know? Like instead of a mock-up, if you have a real picture of a truck that you did, that's pretty badass. And no one has to know if you did it for free or not. But yeah, I think at first, you know, before Jeremy and I started working together, I did an ice cream shop here in Tulsa and I did, I charged $500 for the brand, you know, and Jeremy and I were kind of starting around $500 to $1,000, then to $2,000, you know, and you start kind of realizing your worth after a while. I mean, if you're doing shit for a certain price and halfway through it, you're like, this isn't worth it you need to really check yourself and think about that the next yeah. time you take on a project. Do you guys have like a minimum now or do you work in like tiers of packaging? Like here's like a branding tier, you know, there's option one, maybe it's like a basic, here's a standard, here's like a professional, more deluxe kind of thing. Or do you have like a one flat kind of package? I know sometimes it's going to vary depending on the client's needs, but do you have like these starter kind of levels to deter people to? 
We don't have that set up quite well, do we, Jerry? <laughs> no, not really. And we've actually talked about it uh, somewhat recently because we do get you get hit up a lot by people who are just like, how much for a logo? Or I'm, I'm looking for a logo. And then they say their budget, which is usually like, you know, in the hundreds sometimes. And it's just like, oh, you don't even want to answer those emails. So sometimes we'll just answer an email like that. Like they just say, I want a logo. and be like, minimum 2K logo. And then maybe in our heads, you know, for branding, depending on what it is, you know, we don't want to go for like a branding kit, probably wouldn't want to go below five, not even, you know, for a whole, for our whole branding kits that we, uh, for everything that we put in, you know, you can always scale back deliverables and whatnot. But what we've talked about is having a better strategy on those people. Like don't just give them a number and nothing else to, to feed off from. Like we need to maybe approach that differently and giving them more information and be like, well, you know, what you're thinking right now is not really realistic, but if you want, you know, these things, and this is what we can do for you and give them a little bit more background, a little explanation on, on why those prices are the way they are, instead of just giving them a price and then being like, uh, and like, never mind. So another you know? template potentially. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you yeah. never know if you could monetize that. Cause there's people who are selling templates and stuff all the time for either a contract or, Huh. It's, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I mean, and there are like a lot of tools like that. And even Jerry mentioned, I was reading the Hudspah book, um, you know, and as I was reading, I was like, shit, we're doing a lot of these things. So I felt good, but there's still like nuggets, like the expiration date on a proposal. I'm like, shit, dude, we need to be implementing that because it has happened where people, you know, we quoted a branding job for two grand at one time. And then now it's like, dude, I don't know. Like, that was six months ago. Like we're busy now. We have more work going on. The power to say no makes your, and with the demand there, like that just increases your value when the demand's there and you could say no to people. Yeah. And I would like us to kind of, we, we've been trying to build out like a services page because some of it is also just educational. And like when we say branding kit and they say logo, there's a huge gap in between what that means. You know, they want a logo and we're talking about, hey, let's let's do a deep dive where we have an hour about your strategy, what kind of positioning you want, uh, what's the tone of voice of your company, you know, because we want to help you write taglines, we want to create merchandise assets for you, you know, every touch point of your brand, and it kind of depends on what it is. But like if we take Slice as an example, you know, that was one branding session that went really well. Like we knew what they wanted. We knew what their goals were. And then, you know, since they were trying to make new beers all the time, instead of having like traditional staples, you know, that's where we built their brand around culture of fresh. Like that was a tagline that we came up with for them and it's implemented everywhere. It's almost secondary to slice, you know, like all the people that buy their shit, they know culture of fresh. They know what that means, you know? And, and I think there's a huge value add too. You're not just technicians of designers. You literally thrive you two together in the world of brand strategy. You know, that's just another option. That I don't think people keep in uh, account of like how much they're charging. They're just charging like, okay, I'm doing a logo for someone, but honestly, you're kind of consulting too. Yeah. And it takes, it takes so much time. Like, especially if it's something that you're new to, it's like, we got to research this shit. You know, we have to understand what we're doing, you know? And, and it's crazy because there's so many people out there starting businesses and it's almost like, man, 
you you want you definitely want to be doing work for people that are invested in their business and we definitely get a lot of emails where you can just tell that they're not or they don't have a business plan they're not even set up like if you're gonna you know spend two hundred dollars on a logo and want it done in one or two weeks it's like how serious are you about your business i mean not much i would say how do you guys make time for all of this outside of your day jobs you know you know, what, what's your like current routine, your schedules, you know, how do you guys have uh, agreements of passing on work or like, yo, we need to bang this out by the end of this week, make it happen. You know, how, how does that work of making time? Cause that's the biggest thing. I think people tell me side hustlers are people looking to take their hobby a little bit more serious to build that side hustle. You know, and, and I want to get to the point of this mentality of how you, you, what you guys are doing right now is preparing you for that next step. If you were to take or want to take that next step. So like, how do you make time to grind right now outside of your day jobs? One thing that I guess makes it easier for us is because we have the ability to pick projects that we want. So it's like passion projects in a sense to where like, you know, so we're already wanting to do the work, put in the work and have the time. For me, that's kind of, you know, like I have what I'm doing, the design stuff I'm doing at work is nothing like what I'm doing with Brethren. We're really good at collaborating. You know, we we divide and conquer at times. Uh, You know, we will actually you know i'll do a part and throw it back to him we use the creative cloud libraries to do that which is super helpful and useful so it's a lifesaver dude yeah we're also we're also pretty efficient designers as well you know we're we can design fast you gotta make the time is it mornings or is it weekends yeah i mean dude like saturday mornings are a key or a key time for me like i get up anyway earlier early like it's like i have a an alarm clock already going off on saturday even though i don't have it set, but I'll wake up and just go down to, you know, start working on some brethren stuff in the morning. And Saturdays for me is a no go because I'm with my daughter all day until she goes to bed um, on Saturday. So, you know, and you know, having kids, I mean, that in the mix as well makes it even more difficult. But I'm also divorced. So, like, I have my kids on scheduled days. So I know the days that I'm going to be like grinding and out at night. And my daughter is not. She's not even two yet, so she goes to bed at seven o'clock, you know. And it's like so from seven on, it's like it's time to design. Like so, you just make the time when you can. And but, I mean, we also like we like to drink or, you know, take time to unwind, socialize. Like you got to make time for that shit too. So, it, but schedule wise, yeah. I mean, sometimes we get on Facetime together and we'll literally just be throwing shit back and forth in the library and talk while we're working, just like we would if we were together. I mean, it's nice to working remote is fun. Actually, I I like it. And we we game plan usually like a, you know like on Monday you know Monday night after work we'll get on the phone and be like you know this is what we got going on this week you know here are the here are these deadlines this is what you know that if you can do this I can do this you know. You guys don't just show up and guess what to work on each day. Like there's there's a plan and expectations set of yourself and each other and probably set like timelines and deliverables, obviously. Yeah. And, and we think about that too, even when we're putting in the proposal, because a, a lot of our proposals, you know, if they're a pretty large job, we say six to eight weeks for everything. You know, we're like, it's going to be six to eight weeks before you get first looks. But then we discuss it internally. It's like, so what do we have going on these next six weeks? And where are we going to work on this stuff? And then when do we want to deliver it? Because we love to always come in at like, hey, they're thinking six to eight weeks. We love to show up on week four and be like, hey, we're ready to show you some shit. Yeah. 
under promise over to liver. That's how to make clients love you. They love it, dude. Biggest takeaway of the show right there, people. It's it's so important. I mean, because, dude, a day late, no one wants that shit. It just, it makes people upset. They don't feel that you care about them. But if you just tell them it's going to be this long and deliver it early, they are all smiles. Definitely. Definitely. So what's what's the game plan for you guys? I know you both said you love your day jobs. You've been there for a while, but where do you foresee this going? Like, it, I feel like it's grown way quicker than you both expected. And so, like, in reality, you never know. I mean, I'm, I'm big on this right now. Why, why I'm having you guys on, too, which is important. We're in such a weird and crazy time right now that no day job is safe. So much uncertainty in this world. So, to me, when I lost my job, like, I would have been so fucked had I not been pursuing Perspective Collective hard, like it was already my full-time job for five and a half years. I would have been so fucked. You know, especially when pandemic hit, like being a newer person at a job, I would have been on the chop block like ASAP. So it's so important right now to just work on something that's important to you because you never know what it's going to turn into. Yeah, and that happened to me as well. I was at a, I took a job at a small agency and this is right before um, Jeremy and I started working together probably like six months to a year before I walked in one day and they're like, we're closing our doors. And I lost my job at an agency and I had just bought a house, you know, and, and all of that shit was, that was the first time I was like, damn, I could lose a shit at any time. And I was already kind of posting work on Instagram and doing some freelance stuff. So when Jeremy and I started building brethren, I was like, dude, we can take all the time we want and do this as slow as we want. But it is, it's our game plan. Like, this is what we have if we lose our jobs. You know, we have this foundation and we can build it as slow as we want, but it's, it's a safety net too. And I, I even positioned that to my boss whenever we had talked about, you know, me doing Brethren. I was like, you know, you and I both know because he built a business himself and he used to work at an agency. He knows where I'm coming from. And I was like, you and I both know this place is not American Airlines. Like, I'm not going to be here for 25 years. I'm not going to get a pension. not going to be able to retire here. You know, you're not going to give me a gold watch. Like, the best case scenario is that I'm going to work here for five to 10 years and do really good work for you. That hopefully gets other work. And you'll find a younger version of me, you know, and they will replace you. What I'm doing on the side is to protect myself for just anything you know no i i love that so like what's kind of the future vision for you two jeremy if you want to lead off i mean yeah like it'd be nice if one day if we had enough retainer clients um i mean that's kind of like even where we're at now like is if we had the stability of more retainer clients like we have like with slice you know that's that's where we'd feel safe to you know jump ship you know, I don't know, maybe future vision of like, you know, next five years, that could be somewhere, I mean, maybe sooner. Is that the goal though, for you guys to eventually like? To, to, to eventually, yeah, if, if we can make enough money, if we can make the money that they would replace our nine to fives, you know, and then we'd be able to have even the extra money to, you know, pay for insurance, it would be more without our jobs, you know, like that would be amazing. It's hard to do under the philosophy that we have too of like, we we want to do like passion type projects and that's hard to do whenever if you want it to be your main thing you know paying all the bills like it's you can't be picky whenever it's that way so the slow build is okay for us right now but 
No, I, I love that. It's like you still have what you want. You have a carrot you're chasing. You're still staying realistic and slow build. Like the main thing I preach here is a slow and steady grind. And, 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 and people glorify the life of freelance, but they don't think about having to pay insurance, you know, and, uh, you know, all the other aspects that come with it. Like, are you doing your own 401k? You know, are you IRA? Like, what's your investment strategy? Are you paying off debt? Like, what what is it to, like, free up your assets so you can have freedom and a bigger safety net? So people don't think about that, and I think that's so important. Even the taxes side of it, it's like, damn, like, oh, yeah. you know. yeah. Take 30% of 5K, that's a quite a nice chunk, you know? And then us working together, we split everything, so. Yeah. And let's get, let's get real. Jeremy and I are not great businessmen. Like, it has taken us a long time to get our shit together. Uh, we just got our bank account and everything in order, uh, what, December, Jeremy? Yeah, last year, to, to, do it, to do it right this year, yeah. To do it right, yeah, for 2020. You know, because we're getting freaking Venmo and PayPal left and right. You know, I'm like, and we were starting to make enough money that I'm like, dude, we're going to get flagged. We're going to get audited. We're going to get in trouble, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to do it right. Yeah. So now, you know, we have our bank account and uh, what this whole year, we haven't even paid ourselves a dime from it. We just, we put it all in that bank account, stacking it away. And we have a number in our minds too that's like, dude, okay, if our bank account has 200K in it and we're still getting the projects that we're getting and we have a couple of retainers, we're safe for a year, you know, a piece. We, can, we have 100K a piece. You know, that's a good safety it's a net. It's fucking great safety net for a year. Like most people, it's like, hey, three to six months of expenses. So that's, that's great. That's, that's awesome. It's kind of a high goal, I guess, but it also is just like, realistic as hell dude that's to me that's chump change of what i see you guys doing because like i also like to paint a picture of like so much can happen in a year oh yeah you know like my my side hustle went from like two years zero money then a thousand then two thousand each year it doubled to where it was like fifteen thousand then 2019 it was thirty five thousand and this year it's insane of what it's transformed to outside of like not having the day job anymore so like what you guys could be doing this time next year which you keep getting your shit together more and more yeah, it's it. I think you're gonna shock yourselves. Well, and that's like the most exciting. That's the most exciting part about all this too is like the unknown and like what is it gonna be like six months from now? It's so fun. Like it's in a it's a rush, dude, and it's addicting to like man, what kind of opportunities are gonna arise? Like you never know. Like w- like we just did that shit with Adobe when we got hit up for that, we were like, no fucking way. Shout out to yeah, you guys on the Adobe designers. That would have been a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when this comes out. Yeah. So we got that project through this agency and, you know, when they sent the email said, Hey, one of our clients is interested in you working on a project with them. And I go to the agency's website. They didn't say anything. They just asked us to sign this NDA and I go to the agency's website and they have like Netflix, Paramount pictures, Adobe, all this stuff. And I call Jeremy. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this going to be? <laughs> you know? And that's like the shit that like we get so excited about, you know, I'm like what all the possibilities, dude, I'm already like dreaming in my head what the project is going to be, you know, just <laughs> not being realistic at all. That's good though, yeah. man. But like, okay. So big, yeah. big, big thing you're saying right there without even saying it is most people don't view the unknown as exciting and addicting. They view the unknown as scary and 
their mind and brain is wired to keep them safe. Lizard brain of like the fear of the unknown. I can't, your mind can't measure it. So it's going to keep you safe, but you're operating both you guys from an abundance mindset. I was like, Oh my God, what's going to happen six years, six months to a year from now, you know, the opportunities and everything versus a mindset of lack fear. Um, yeah, non-abundance, you know? So that's a big mindset shift for people who like, if you want to start taking your shit seriously, you got to like, change your perspective yes exactly literally have that have that positive perspective too it's like positivity goes such a long way as as it can be i mean like you really think the ball's gonna bounce your way when you're showing up and being a bitch and whining every day and complaining and not celebrating other people no way you gotta have that that Rudy mindset. Like, you remember that? Yeah. You know what I mean? We're like, like three Rudy. Rudys on a podcast right now with hats <laughs> and black tees. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, no, that's, that's gold though. I think that's like, it's mindset mindset. I can, I take you guys seriously because you show up like this is already your day job. You know, you, you put the work in, nobody's asking you, nobody gave you permission. You did it on your own. You got each other keeping, holding each other accountable. You're, you're having fun. You know, it's play. You're excited about what's coming down the pipeline. And, and you thinking 200K in a bank account, like that's big or anything. Like, dude, it's going to be way bigger than that in like 10 years. So, yeah. Just so many little nuggets right here that I want people to like pick up. Before we pivot over to uh, rapid fire, I would love to know like what's one piece of advice you would give to your past selves when you're like just starting out finding your groove with your work? You know, I guess, uh, which I didn't do, which I do a lot more now is, uh, you know, of pushing yourself, trying out new styles and stuff, you know, like practice on pushing, you know, practice the push, you know, you may not even have the outcome that you wanted, you know, of trying a new style or whatever, but you're going to learn a lot by doing it, you know, and then by practicing other styles and pushing yourself to do different things that you would normally do. One, it can help you develop something unique, uh, and Otherwise, you're just going to learn a lot of like tricks and tips along the way and just kind of make yourself an overall better designer. So practice on pushing. Yeah, I agree with that. For me, I guess I would tell my past self to like not worry so much because, you know, even starting some of this, there was like elements of fear, but that fear, you just got to like, like let go of it. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just do something and move on do something else, move on. Like when it comes to creating something, if it's not perfect, it doesn't matter. Just make something, move on. And you get better with each thing. Like, I mean, if you look back at your stuff and you you think it sucks, that's a good thing. That's a normal thing. That means you're growing. But if you're looking back a year from now and you can't see a difference between the pieces you're creating, then something something you're not pushing it you're not uh, you're living in fear like you're not, yeah it. you're not challenging yourself you're not reiterating and investing in yourself getting around community getting around other people just mm-hmm. living in a bubble yeah that's dope let's go to rapid fire if you listen to this you guys know what's coming so if you're on death row what would your last slice of pizza be I think I know what Jordan's might be now, but we'll see. Um, mine would be from this place that I think Jordan worked there too as well, but Hideaway Pizza in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have their thin crust style, which is still kind of thick, but their thin crust with Alfredo sauce, uh, mozzarella, a little bit of cheddar, chicken, bacon, and then dip every bite in ranch. <laughs> so good. 
Jeremy, I'm gonna go. Jeremy went Tulsa Pizza. And I'm gonna go St. Louis. Like I fucking love Emo's Pizza. My ex coworker, my old supervisor, he's from St. Louis. He's talked about that that place all the time. I take a pepperoni, right. pepperoni with uh, banana peppers. Mm, Stoner's delight. In craft. Yeah, that's one of my Ooh. favorite combos: pepperoni and, and banana. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd switch so it good. up sometime when I'm with you guys. Pepperoni, Tony, that's like my go-to. But if we all get together, <laughs> take me for a, a slice of pepperoni with banana peppers. It's good. Get out of my comfort zone. Push it. Um, yeah, dude. We can, we, we can always go half for the first <laughs> one. You know, you can get half um, What's your guys' favorite project to date? Like that you've collaborated on. You're looking around. <laughs> I'm like looking around. Like, there's some slice cans over there. Like, I don't know. Just in general with slice, I mean, this is what we do the most of. But just like when we're doing cans, the packaging on cans is, I probably have the most fun. One, we get creative freedom, which is cool, and you can just have fun with the, with the beer industry with them, you know. And a lot of you know they name them, and you know some are humorous, so like we can take a humorous or approach, you know. Yeah or whatever so i you know i have fun collaborating on the cans you know this one is one of my favorites of all time because like i started illustrating this van and then jeremy kind of finished it this is our chronic sans font that we sell subtle plug subtle plug subtle plug (laughs) (laughs) i love I love doing flex the cans, on them, dude. Man. The cans are so fun. <laughs> yeah, the cans are hella fun. All right. All right. All right. All right. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be and why? I guess, well, a funny one <laughs> would be like, I'd say Banksy just so I'd know who he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> but maybe like, uh, and I'm a little on the dark side, maybe just have like, lunch with uh charles manson and just like see where that convo goes <laughs> see what's on that dude's that's mind the, that's the first time that one's been brought up <laughs> <laughs> for me right now it's funny i think mine right now would be abraham lincoln because everyone is talking with, with all the politics going on i think it's so funny that all the republicans love to say you know we're lincoln's party and i would love to sit down to dinner with Lincoln and be like, are you like, are you with all these fucking people right now or not? Like, and like dude, uh, Amir from grow case, like put Lincoln in just randomly in my mascot logo. So now I feel like I'm like having some kind of symbol and then I have pizza in it. So those conspiracy theories think I'm like part of pizza gate and all these different things. I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> oh man. What did you do to me, man? Back to pizza <laughs> without the pizza gate, pizza rolls, pizza bagels or hot pockets, pizza bagels, pizzas on a bagel. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza Dang anytime. <laughs> dude, I'm pizza bagel. All dude, I'm like a pizza roll. You're, you're a less. I you love gotta, pizza rolls. You're you such got, a burn risk. That's, to me, yeah. that's bagel you bites. Gotta, you gotta be good you at it. I always tore up the roof of my mouth. You gotta cook the, the pizza rolls just right, because otherwise they'll just like pop. Mm. You know, in that pizza gut. There's a specific cooling period. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. Uh, do you microwave them? Do you microwave them? Or you got to do oven? oven. My my old stoner yeah. college self would microwave them. Microwave. That's when you get a pop and you're just like basically using it as like a fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. But I dip the hell out of those in ranch too. So like we'll get gangster and yeah, I, I'll go buck wild with some pizza rolls once in a while, me and my wife. So treat ourselves to a date night. Do you believe in aliens or other life forms, paranormal, anything existing outside of our solar system? No doubt. Absolutely. I've seen a ghost. Yeah. 
<laughs> for real, for real? No, nah, I might have just been a might have just been a random dude. <laughs> just really pasty dude. <laughs> I've had a, I've had a couple weird experiences like growing up. One was in my like best friend's like stepdad's house, and oh, that was crazy. You were there too? No, I just know all about it. Yeah, it, it like basically his friend's house had like a poltergeist type dude, situation. That stuff fascinates me. Absolutely fascinates me. I believe in it enough to where like uh, there's a hotel in uh, Arkansas that's not far from here. And it used to be an old, I can't remember the name of the hotel right now, but it used to be an old uh, mental hospital. And I will not stay there because like, I'm just too scared. Like I'll go tour it, but I won't, I believe in it enough where I will not stay in it. You don't want to put yourself in that position to have Fuck any no. engagement in a negative way with evil. All right. Well, sometime when we link up, I would love to hear that story. Um, last one, where can people go to follow you guys online, support you and get your fonts? You can support us at Brethren Design Co. on Instagram, uh, at our website at www.brethrendesignco.com is where you can see all our work. You can also uh, purchase our fonts on there at our Brethren store. Uh, I think we have like 10 fonts available at the moment. I got a couple in the works right now. They'll be shown soon, so get excited for those. Yep. And hot tip, we're on Dribble as well if you're oh, yeah. a designer. If you like seeing some stuff early, like we'll post our stuff on Dribble sometimes before Instagram. But. All right, I'll make sure to drop Dribble. Do you guys both have accounts or is it a joined account? Just under Brethren. Brethren, okay, cool. Well, I appreciate you guys. This was dope getting to like share your story. I even learned a lot more about you guys as well. I'm sure we talked about a lot of stuff, but we also got pretty crunk together as well. So uh, lost in the details, but yeah. uh, I really appreciate you guys more than you know. This was dope and uh, let's let's keep in touch. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Awesome, dude. Thanks for having us. Yeah. PC family, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jeremy and Jordan Kuhn of Brethren Design Co. They're being so sweet and so extremely generous to hook you up with a limited time offer of 20% off any font purchase using the code Pizza Bagels. They have it as all caps as they gave me. I'm not sure if that uh, is what you got to do or not, but just use Pizza Bagels at checkout. From now, October 7th through the weekend of October 11th, this is a limited time offer. Jump on it. Again, visit brethrendesignco.com or peep the font resource link in the full episode show notes. Do what you do best. If you found value in what they had to say today, go blow them up on Instagram right now and share with them your biggest takeaways. Thanks again, fellas. We appreciate your time and your creative genius today. And if this show has helped you along your creative grind at any point in time, there are two ways you can support what we're building here. First off is by financially backing the show over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my family Iron Bean Coffee Company and Tony Minix do. With as little as your monthly cup of coffee, you can help the growth of this show and even unlock like episodes early. You know, So you'll be hearing this one right now if you're a, a supporter in the $3 tier. You get to hear this one early before it came out today where the rest of the world gets to hear it. So just a couple little perks that you get to be a part of for supporting the show that way. Um, and the second way is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And recently someone did it on CastBox too, so that's pretty cool. Not only does this help the show climb the charts in the arts design category, but more importantly, it staples you in as a listener of the week, like this week's listener of the week. And this one is titled New Fan, and they state... Just discovered Perspective Podcast this week. I have a day job and do design work as my nightly side hustle. I love Scotty's experience and perspectives. Wink, wink. I find these podcasts very motivational. It's got me jotting down goals and really excited to go home and fire up the iPad. Keep up the great work. Please subscribe right now. 
cat smiley face emoji. And this one was from Local No Union Art from the US. Uh, thank you so much. Love the emojis. Didn't know you could add those in there, but it looks like you can. So have some fun with it. And as I sign off, I want to give a huge shout out to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant, Paige Garland, video specialist, Colton Bacher, social media coordinator, Hannah Schick, and Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.